Hello, it's Sister Babushka here to tell you just what you're about to listen to, along with some exciting news. So, as well as being part of Utter Nonsense with the fabulous Alaska lot, I have my own podcast called Babushka's Big Queer Media Review, which, unsurprisingly, actually looks at queer media of a variety of types of media, and I review it. I know, simple, sweet, to the point. Title gives you everything you need to know, right? So, I launched it back in 2022, and it did run for the year. However, 2023 happened, there was a bit of a hiccup, and so what I'm doing is I'm relaunching the podcast so that I can continue on that I've found a headspace to properly give it the time and attention it deserves. For the month of January 2024, what we're doing is we're popping on four of the first episodes so that people can have a listen here on the Utter Nonsense feed, and hopefully... If you like it, you'll pop on over to whatever your preferred podcasting site is for listening to these things, and you'll then subscribe to Babushka's Big Queer Media Review. The plan is that for the first half of 2024, we're going to release all the old episodes that I had recorded, and those will be released once a week. And then going forward with the new episodes in the second half of 2024, it will switch to a bi-weekly release schedule, and as it says, it will be reviewing things from books... Movies, manga, anime, music, video games. If it's a type of media that people can consume and it's either queer-focused or been created by a member of the Alphabet Mafia, I'm more than happy to review it. That's the news. I will now shut up and let you listen to one of the first four episodes of Babushka's Big Queer Media Review. And hopefully, if you like it, you will go and subscribe. Have a good rest of the day, lovelies. Hello lovelies, it's time for another instalment of Babushka's Big Queer Media Review, the bi-weekly podcast where we review another piece of media that has a queer focus. This can either be with its main characters, storylines or themes, or has been created by a member of the Alphabet Mafia, as we want to make sure we are supporting both queer arts, but also the queer artists. I am your host, Sister Babushka, the drag nun extraordinaire from the Order of Perpetual Indulgence, and this week we're going to be reviewing You Brought Me the Ocean, a DC comic by Alex Sanchez and Julie Moreau that introduces us to the reimagined version of Aqualad as a gay teenager planning for his future after high school. My first two picks for media so far have had quite a white European focus. So I thought it would be nice to review a different type of medium that's main character is actually African-American. Now, as always, our discussion will begin with a brief summary of the comic, followed by spoiler-free thoughts and feelings about it. This will then be followed by an in-depth discussion of some of the key plot points that occurred. And we will then finish off with my overall rating of the comic and a heads up about what we're going to look at next time. If you have not had a chance to read You Brought Me the Ocean and you don't want to hear any spoilers, then please feel free to skip the detailed section and listen to it afterwards. With all that said, let's get into it. The blurb for this comic, as it appears on the 2020 physical trade paperback, is as follows. Jake Hyde doesn't swim. Not since his father drowned. Luckily, 
he lives in Trufa Consequences, New Mexico, which is in the middle of the desert. Yet he yearns for the ocean and is determined to leave his hometown for a college on the coast. But his best friend, Maria, wants nothing more than to make a home in the desert and Jake's mother encourages him to always play it safe. There's nothing safe about Jake's future. Not when he's attracted to Kenny Lou, swim team captain and rebel against conformity. And certainly not when he secretly applies to Miami University. Jake's life begins to outpace his small town's namesake, which doesn't make it any easier to come out to his mum, or Maria, or the world. But Jake is full of secrets, including the strange blue markings on his skin that glow when in contact with water. What power will he find when he searches for his identity, and will he turn his back to the current, or dive headfirst into the waves? The story is by Alex Sanchez and illustrated by Julie Moreau, both great contributors to other queer media that we will get to at some point. If you are like me and not an avid DC comic reader, then let me tell you that this comic is actually fairly approachable since it isn't asking you to know tons of backstory and history of multiple characters to get a good understanding of it. It instead really sticks to the idea of being a fresh introduction to the established DC character of Aqualad and keeps the focus on our key characters of the story. But, just to say, we do get a quick cameo or two per panel or so of some very well-known DC characters, even if they're never actively getting involved in the story, so it just lets you know that it is happening within the same universe. The story itself is much more slice of life than you would initially think when you hear it's a DC comic about a teen with superpowers. It actually misses out most of the superhero thing to focus on the teenage viewpoint instead of trying to decide what to do with your future, who you are, and telling people you love who you are too. actually plays on the aspect of coming out and figuring out who you are in a really interesting way, with the aspect of having superpowers at times being the topic of coming out, rather than it being necessarily focused on Jake's sexuality. As well as the main story, there are a few extras contained in the trade paperback. You have a lovely introduction from Alex before you dive into the story, and at the end of the comic you also have character designs with some notes on their development from Julie, There is also a list of resources for people who might need support, such as Trevor Project, GLAAD, Jed Foundation, and Safe Horizon, also contained at the back of the book. And I always appreciate when people help signpost resources for people who may be struggling, especially since you never know what situation the person consuming this media is in, and that actually might be a vital lifeline for them that you've provided. So a big thanks to Alex, Julie and whoever else at DC was involved in the creation of this project, making sure that that information is in the comic as well. In terms of representation, before we even mention members of the Alphabet family, it's great to have a diverse cast of characters within this comic. We have African Americans, Asian Americans and Native American characters all presented along with one character who also has a physical disability, all of which helps give the spotlight to other parts of society that are not always centre of stage in media. 
It's also great to see that neither of our gay characters is white, since it's usually the story of the white gay guy coming out that gets most of the attention. And so it's another gold star for the creators behind this comic that they've really tried to help represent people that are not usually given that sort of attention and we don't get to hear their stories as often as we do the typical uh, cis white characters that we get. We get to have two perspectives on being gay within this comic. One from the perspective from already being out and getting abuse from small-minded people in a very small town in rural America, and the other from somebody who isn't exactly sure of who he is and is afraid to upset or let people down when he does come out. It's nice to have those contrasting experiences and seeing the support that they can provide to each other as the only characters we are led to believe, anyway, that identify as queer within this town. And so they really do provide that moral support for each other throughout this comic. Now, as it's a graphic novel, you have to talk about the art style. And I do think that Julie Moreau provides a unique style that's quite the treat for the eyes. It's definitely refreshing to have a more stylized art form compared to the usual slick, polished form that we think of when we hear superhero comics, especially when it's in relation to either DC or Marvel. So I really appreciate Julie's style here and how she has illustrated this comic, as it's always good to have a variety of art styles in comics, as it helps broaden the way that people can view the world that they're stepping into. So it was really refreshing to see this on the shelves of DC Comics in amongst all the more slick and polished sort of things that we think of with superheroes. As it does make it feel a lot more sort of down to earth and a lot more based in reality and something that feels much more approachable in that sense. Now, just a reminder that at this point I'm going to be going into a more detailed analysis of the comic, which means there will be spoilers. If you haven't managed to read You Brought Me the Ocean yet, and you don't want anything spoiled, this is your last chance to skip ahead past the discussion. Or you can go ahead and put me on pause, go read the comic, come back afterwards to listen to me. I promise I won't mind. The spoiler-filled section to skip ends at... 19 minutes, 40 seconds. Still here? Well then, don't say I didn't warn you first point that I want to touch on is the relationship itself between Kenny and Jake. I feel the relationship builds quite quickly between the two characters once they start interacting, which does feel slightly rushed since we know we have a page count fit, so we have to get through a lot of parts of the narrative quickly, but it does still feel like it's handled in a respectful way. As they go for a hike, Kenny asks if Jake is gay and gives him the advice to be upfront with Maria so that she doesn't get the wrong idea about their friendship, which could lead to her getting hurt, as we do see happen later on. And they do also spend time talking about their parents, since they've both had that shared experience of losing a parent. Jake also shows his scars and his powers, and there is also some casual flirting as well during the story, which really helps make these characters feel more 3D and fleshed out and they're not just automatically becoming a couple for the sake of the story. But we also get to see how Kenny and Jake are in different places when it comes to their journey of understanding who they are. After Maria spots them kissing and Jake freaks out, Kenny understandably gets frustrated with the situation since it will be hard having someone who is not yet ready to be out of the closet 
and the feeling of being hidden from the world can be quite hard when we already have to fight so hard to be seen and heard in a cis-heteronormative dominated society. And unfortunately, he does take this out on his dad at first, assuming his dad would just say the situation is his fault for being gay anyway, before getting frustrated while they're also then working together fixing part of the motel. Yet, at one point his dad actually states that Kenny's always been impatient with people and things, and although he has been out for a while, this whole experience of coming out is very new and still quite scary for Jake, and so he will need time to process all this. This is important for all of us to remember, as we should never be assuming when it is time for someone to come out of the closet, as it's a very personal choice of when that happens, and we need to be supportive and understanding that it's not always easy or safe for people to just run out of the closet straight away. And I think it's interesting that Kenny also needs this reminder as someone who's been out for a few years now, as it is sometimes hard to remember where we were at that point when we were coming out and the support that we needed. One of the key relationships we get for Jake early on is with Maria, although we can see that even if they have been childhood friends, as they're getting older, those tensions are starting to come into play as they approach the end of high school that we sometimes see with our friends. They have bonded over years of living next door to each other, which does result in the sometimes cliched trope of the female best friend falling for a gay protagonist. But this is handled with care by having Maria's mum reminding us that just because we thought we might be with someone in a romantic way, we shouldn't let that ruin the friendship we have if that isn't possible. I think we sometimes get too much of the female interest then becoming an antagonist or just disappearing from the story altogether when these things come up in media. So it is really refreshing to see Maria come and be supportive of Jake once she has had time to process this new information. Meanwhile, Jake has his faults in the relationship too, having kept various secrets from Maria, such as applying to Miami without her to see if he could even get in, his romance with Kenny, and also finding out he has water-based superpowers. During their fight, she mentions how she wanted him to be honest with her since they're friends and they should both be wanting whatever is best for the other person that makes them happy. Really good friendships are about supporting each other through the difficult times. And if friends are going to be upset because you are queer, then they're not worth keeping. And I imagine in DC Universe of Comics, telling friends you have powers also isn't a big deal, considering how well most of the people take this news in the comic. So it is a shame that it takes a while for Jake to remember that he can trust Maria with these secrets and that even though there is this odd situation where she has maybe read too much into the relationship, at the end of the day she still loves and supports him as good friends do. Another key relationship for Jake is that with his mum, who when we first meet her we get the idea quite quickly that she is a helicopter parent who's very protective of her child. And as we move through the story, we have their relationship develop as they both start to be more honest with one another. This starts with Jake telling her he is gay, which she says she loves him anyway, like parents should. But then he also comes out about his powers. And as mentioned before, we almost have this reversal of coming out since his powers are the ones she overreacts to and insists that he stops using them and he hides them from people. 
She then tells him about his father actually being Black Manta, a famous DC villain, and having experimented on her during her pregnancy in his quest for the first amphibious human. Obviously this throws Jake into a bit of a tailspin, realising his mum has been lying to him about his dad as long as he can remember, and so he runs away from home for a bit to try and process this. But I think it's also worth remembering that Mrs Hyde was in an abusive relationship and had a lot of trauma to deal with after making that brave decision to leave that situation for not only herself, but her newly born child. Once we know this bit about her story, it's a lot easier to see why she's so protective of Jake and why she's afraid of his powers and wants them to move and hide just in case his dad does come looking for him to reclaim what he would term as his experiment. (laughs) And by the end of the comic, they have had that frank conversation where Jake points out they can't keep running forever and that things will happen to them but they can't live in fear all the time and they need to deal with things as they occur. It really does show that maturing of the relationship between parent and child, which we all face when we get older, that instead of just following our parents' instructions, we sometimes have those disagreements, then come back together later to have a more in-depth discussion and find a better solution for all involved. So again, showing that maturity that our characters are going through as they're preparing to leave high school and go out into the adult world. When we first meet Kenny's dad, we see him mentioning that one of the family friends will be around with their daughter, and he is not so subtly trying to set Kenny up with her. Yet, this is quickly called out by Kenny, since both him and the family friend's daughter is queer. And we get the usual comments that we hear from parents that are not really accepting their child's sexuality yet, such as, how do you know if you don't try? But, as Kenny puts it, he can't change being Chinese just like he can't change being gay, which perfectly shows how sexuality isn't just something you choose, it's a natural part of who you are. There is also a moment when Kenny highlights to his dad that he gets enough of this grief and flack from people in school for being gay. So it's hard enough being who he is without also having this at home, which I think a lot of parents maybe don't get right away when people are coming out and they are being less accepting of their child than they should. The struggle of having to fight for who you are every day is so much harder when you have to do that at home as well, when that should be somewhere you're getting unconditional love and support from. Even though we do see tensions between Kenny and his dad early on, we also get to see that Mr. Lou really does love his son and wants him to be happy. When he spots Jake at the motel pond and actually sets it up so Kenny goes outside so they can both talk out the issues that they're having. At the end of the day, Mr. Lou puts his child's happiness first over whatever his own thoughts or opinions are. And that does show some really positive growth as he learns to support his queer child from what we see at the beginning of the comic to nearer the end. And to balance out this positive development from some characters, we have our other character, Zeke, who is our toxic masculinity stand-in. We get this very clearly every time he appears in the comic, from making homophobic remarks of kill the queer in class at Kenny, and getting held back by his teacher, 
to his attempts to belittle Jake in front of Maria as a way of trying to flirt with her, he is very much based on trying to take other people down to make himself feel bigger. And the worst of his behaviour is at the end of the comic when he and his friends are drunk driving around town, which is stupid enough to be doing, but they then also decide to commit a hate crime by hurling abuse and bottles and then physically attacking Jake and Kenny, and then also Maria when she jumps in later on to try and defend him. Although they are painted as quite a black and white character as a simple homophobe, I think this works well since the main focus of the story is on the nuances of Jake's journey of coming out and running towards his future. And so having a more simple antagonist really helps to avoid overly complicating this story. The ending of the comic is quite upbeat since it ends with all our families coming together for a meal and three teenagers now getting to spend time together. Now that everything is out in the open and we can all fully understand where each of us are at in life. And it's really nice that we have, we then have that positive relationship between the three of them as they're sitting, watching the sunset together, being optimistic for the future, whatever that may bring to each of them. Since it can sometimes be quite rare to have happy endings that involve not just the main couple from the story, but the best friend who had assumed there could have been something more with one of those characters as well. Now that we've talked this graphic novel to death, I suppose it's time to let you know how I would rate this and whether I would pass you my copy to have a look over. Overall, I would give this graphic novel an 8 out of 10 puddles of water, as the story is quite heartfelt and rather than being about superpowers of this teen, it's more about his relationship with those around him as he finds himself. So it does give a good look at character development, not just for himself, but also those around him. And really does feel like that slice of life, um, really relatable comic that we could all sort of read. Now, would I recommend this to you? Surprisingly, yes. Yes, I would. Not only does it give great representation to other members of society that can be overlooked at times in media, but it is also a really sweet comic which... I think anyone can get through in a day and take something really important out of it from its messages. I think this is a graphic novel that anyone can just pick up and enjoy. And so I don't have any caveats to who I would recommend this to. I feel it is something that anyone can enjoy, whether or not you are a fan of superheroes or if this is your first time picking up a DC comic. So go, go find it now. <laughs> and thus... We have completed our third entry into Babushka's Big Queer Media Review. Ta-da! We have done the thing. If you've enjoyed this episode, or the podcast overall, it would really help with the algorithm if you could leave us a review on wherever you're listening to your podcasts, as well as sharing this with all those you think would enjoy the show. Or if you're feeling generous, you can donate to the Ko-Fi to help keep the lights running on all the House of Nonsense projects we get up to. Next time, we will be reviewing Game Boys. Not the Nintendo product, but a Filipino series set during the COVID pandemic and the Luzon Island community quarantine about how a live streamer gamer and his fan connect. So, do check that out ahead of time if you can't wait for my review. 
And if you have any suggestions for queer media creators you would like to hear reviewed, you can always contact me through the website, houseofnonsense.org. All the links for the Ko-Fi and website are also in the show notes. With all that said, I just want to say thank you for joining me this week on Babushka's Big Queer Media Review, and I hope you all have a great day wherever you are. Speak to you soon, lovelies.